Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited you're you're giving me the reins to introduce your guest today. Yeah, absolutely. So today you have Natasha Heimrath, the Executive Director at Concord Park Senior Living. So obviously we're talking about some senior living stuff today, right? We are. I'm real excited. Natasha is, uh, as you said, the Executive Director at a, an Assisted Living and Independent Living uh, uh, Facility uh, uh, Residence in Concord, Massachusetts. So um, I think this will be a really interesting conversation uh, about uh, about assisted living and, and why people do it and what it costs and and how they make the decision and all of that. Fantastic. I'm eager to learn more. Yeah. So Natasha, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. It's an honor. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so if you wouldn't mind giving us a, a bit of a, a background, what was your what's your path to your your current role, your your journey? I always ask our, our guests that question. Well, it's a very interesting question and interesting path. So um, I am originally from Montreal, Canada. And um, when I was graduating with my undergraduate degree in neuropsychology, there was a career fair at my university and um, they were recruiting, there were a lot of American companies there recruiting um, Canadians down to the U.S. And I was recruited as one of the first um, trade nationals under the NAFTA agreement in the year 2000 to come down to the U.S. And I started as a vocational counselor working with autistic adults, um, helping them secure employment and worked a lot at Sun Life Financial with those individuals and was able to do my master's degree at night while I worked there and graduated with a master's in healthcare um, administration and human services administration, and then started to work through the spectrum of elder care and the disability world. And so very eclectic background from supportive housing, elder services, council on agings, and then an adult foster care program. And then one day I decided um, that I wanted to, you know, continue to work within the spectrum of elder care. And I had not um, worked in assisted living at all. And I had a colleague in the field who was in assisted living, and he had received an email from a recruiter. They were looking for an executive director, and he you know, passed along the email, and out of respect for him, I called the recruiter, and out of respect for him, she agreed to speak with me. And pretty much the rest is history. Mm -hmm. um, senior living residences hired me 
as their executive director for a sister community, Methuen Village. And I was there for two years and then they moved me closer to home to Concord Park. So, Mm. yeah, so I've always been fascinated by um, assisted living in Massachusetts and SLR gave me an opportunity. They took a risk on me and I'm forever grateful. And here I am six years later. That's that's a a great story. I I love to hear it. I we'll get into um, what senior living residences, what what that organization is in in a a few minutes. Um, But I'm just curious, just what what made you um, think that you might be interested in in working with elders? What was it that uh, that drove you to to that to that profession? So, you know, we get asked when uh, all employees that work for SLR get asked, what's your why? Um, you know, what, what, what drives you? What's your passion? Like, why are you in this field? And I always had a passion for working with old, the older population. Um, I've always been attracted to people who are older, um, just feel like I've always felt like I was an old soul. So I've always been, yeah, my friends have always been older. People in my life have always been older. But my mom um, ironically reminded me one day that this has always been my calling when she says, look, you're doing exactly what you said you were going to do when you were eight years old. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she told me that when I was in grade school, we had to write an essay about what we were going to do when we grew up. And apparently, I wrote an essay about how I was going to open a home where where people like my grandparents could live. And hmm. in Canada, we don't have assisted living. So, you know, it's basically a nursing home. But I said something different than a nursing home, something better than a nursing home, somewhere where these individuals can have good quality of care, be social, and really live the you know the last part of their lives to the best you know the best of their ability, empower them to be as independent as possible, and really enjoy it. And how I was going to open this really different concept, and and I was going to run it, and and then she's like, "You are. That's what you're doing." So my why was always there and it kind of got stifled as I, you know, I was going to do this. I was going to do that, but I came back to it like all these years later. And so it, it totally makes sense why I'm doing it. That is so such a great story. I love the passion and that it was always in you. That's, that's just amazing. So thank thank you you for, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So, so we talked about this spectrum of care, and and I think it would be helpful just to give people some background uh, uh, about uh, in in Massachusetts because um, that's where most of our listeners are. But but we have listeners around the around the country. Um, so, but when it comes to the spectrum of care, what what are the what are the options for seniors and, and what's available to them? So there is absolutely a spectrum of care and they all have, you know, they're all based off of different models and they have different purpose. So, you know, there's independent living, you know, these are, these types of living environments are for individuals that, you know, maybe recently retired, want to be in an environment where they're with their peers, where they're engaged, um, have opportunity for, you know, programs and and going out into the greater community and staying active, but want to be 
um, in an environment where they have the potential to age in place. So they're not receiving any services in the moment, but you know are are, are taking that first step um, to aging in place. There's assisted living, which in Massachusetts is based off of the social mo- a social model, not a medical model. So again, the purpose of assisted living in Massachusetts is socialization. Um, It's been shown through research that keeping people social as they age um, helps to slow down the aging process and also slow down the process of different types of diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's. And then there's nursing home care, which is based off in all states of a medical model where it's more skilled and more intense and around the clock where they can do, you know, injections and wound care and lifting and things like that. There's memory support, which can be both in assisted living and in nursing home care. If memory care is in an assisted living, it is, again, based off of the social model, not a medical model like a nursing home memory support, um, where residents are in a secure neighborhood but are being engaged socially um, and taking more a holistic approach to aging versus a nursing home that's more medical. And then, you know, spectrum of care, you know, there's hospital rehab stays and things such as that, but that's all considered short term. So if somebody, you know, had an illness or an injury and couldn't return to their environment, they would have opportunity to rehab in a skilled facility to become stronger before then transitioning to their um, home environment. You know what? I just find this so interesting that, um, there's this spectrum that we of care for seniors but but throughout our lifetime aren't we living a spectrum of 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 residential living <laughs> you know we, absolutely we start off as kids we you know spend most of our day in schools uh we move to, to independent living as an as a young adult renting apartments moving every 12 to 18 to 24 months uh get more permanent housing, buy a house. So we're in this spectrum for our whole life. And being a senior doesn't mean you're doing anything different. You're just moving just like you did the previous decades. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and actually, you bring up a valid point. I mean, and for those individuals who are able to stay in their homes, you know, there's also different services that can come into the home. That's not always a possibility, but, you know, there are elder services that, you know, if you qualify can bring in, you know, some home care into the home. And if you're lucky enough to have the money and stay home, you can private pay people to come in your home too, but not all of us can do that. Right. So, so what specifically, what kind of residence is Concord Park? And, and what what are the services uh, Concord Park offers to to seniors? So Concord Park uh, is independent, assisted, and memory care. Um, our model for independent is a little bit different than than other um, assisted livings. Usually, independent living is separate living um, from the assisted. When we talk about independent living at Concord Park, the difference between our independent residents and our assisted residents is that, you know, the independent don't receive care services, whereas our assisted do, but they're living in the same building. And, you know, the good thing about that model is that once that independent resident has aged in place and is now requiring some assistance, they don't need to move. Mm 
they can stay in their existing apartment. So that's a, you know, that's a, that's a positive um, having the model merged. And then we have our memory care, which we call Compass here at Concord Park. And it is um, in the same building. It's a secure neighborhood that houses uh, 20 residents who have a diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's. So, so what, when typically does a, an individual or a family make these decisions about moving from a residence, their personal home, their, wherever they are, uh, to an independent living situation like a Concord Park. And then from there, it, it sounds like it's just a matter of, of your needs as you, as you move forward. So unfortunately, most of the time, um, a, a process is usually initiated by some sort of event, right? So there's some something that's happened that's now triggered a family to say, you know what, um, mom and dad may not be so safe at home. Something's happened. They've had a fall. They've noticed that the house is, you know, not kept. Um, they're losing weight because they're not eating. Um, there could be a variety of reasons, but usually there's some sort of event that triggers a family to be like, okay, we got to figure this out. Um, we do have those families and residents who are proactive. Um, they're few in between, but proactive in saying, you know what, um, I want to stay in my home. The reality is I may not be able to stay in my home. So I want to be proactive and have the ability to have choice. And so I'm going to go out and do my research and visit different communities and figure out, you know, what's a good fit for me so that I don't have to go through this process if and when something happens, or I want to be in a place now and age in place so that I don't have to worry if something happens. Um, but typically, it's for those reasons that trigger a family to start considering that maybe being at home is not the right fit anymore. It's not safe. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, it's, it. I, I see it just in amongst the, the 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 clients that we work with as they age. It's often an event, um, mm -hmm. and I just personally I think about my my dad, um, who's uh, ninety three now, and we're just blessed to to have him with us, and he's doing really well. But but he decided you know twelve thirteen years ago what after my mom passed that he would move to independent living, and he didn't he didn't have any needs then. There was but and he was fully capable of taking care of the house, but he just decided. It's time. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want to go up on the roof anymore to uh, to to, to uh, clean the gutters. <laughs> yeah, no, you're very lucky because very. it's like it's like pulling teeth, you know. And I I love the line. I, I can't live here. Well, you know, help me to understand. You know why? Like, is there something you saw or something that you've heard that you know is like a barrier to you wanting to come here? And they're like, um, I'm not old. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, you got the 90 and I'm like, how old are you again? They're like, I'm 98. I'm like, oh, well, what would you consider old? So, yeah, <laughs> we my sister and I are very lucky. My dad is. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it's been been a great situation for him. Um, and, and I do want to get into um, more specifics about Concord Park as a as a as a as a residence and what it looks like. So, you know, I, I want you to, to talk about that. But 
before we do that, what are the what are the financial considerations? You know, what does it cost? What about you know the co- the future costs of 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 this kind of living? Um, you know, do, do these? How, how does a family work with that? So it it's really important, you know, and I say these say this upfront to the families. I'm very transparent when I meet with them, you know, that it's super important that you're doing your due diligence to determine whether or not you can afford, and if so, for how long. So, you know, part of the process is, you know, I do incur, I mean, obviously I want families to choose us, but, you know, I'm realistic and want families to, you know, visit several communities and get pricing and get, you know, models of care and what it's going to look like and figure out, you know, what is your budget? It's super important to know what your budget is and whether a certain community fits that budget. You know, um, how much does it cost? Uh, That varies, you know, depending on what town you're in. Um, Sometimes assisted livings offer affordable programs. Not all of them do. The majority of assisted living in Massachusetts is private pay. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, even though it's the resident's home, it's still a business. So businesses need to run and we need, you know, there are financial considerations of how how much it costs to function. And so on an annual basis, it is in their residency agreement, you know, that there is an annual increase that percentage can vary from year to year depending on costs you know staffing costs food costs utility costs insurance costs so it's hard to like point a number um but things that you know they need to consider and then you know knowing what your budget is and knowing there will be an you know an average of whatever percentage per year what does that look like long term and then being very upfront and honest when you're you're starting to run out of money so that we can put a plan in place for next steps if that's necessary and what can you give me a, a range of of the costs and and does that depend upon uh, at conquer park what, what kind of services are are required yeah so because you know we do have the capacity to accept independent residents you know we have a base rate um, the base rate is the apartment. Um, that r- that rate depends on the size of the apartment. So we do have studio apartments and one bedroom apartments. So you could be looking at costs anywhere from sixty four hundred a month all the way up to close to ten thousand a month, depending on the size of the apartment. And then you know there's care, you know, and that care is based off of an assessment that our wellness nurses will conduct. Our care models are triggered by need, not by specific, you know, like they need help with X, Y, and Z, and it's going to take, you know, this many minutes and that's what it costs per minute. That's not how we operate. So there's care models and it's based on need. So there's that price. Um, The good thing about the base rate is it does include their three meals. It does include their weekly housekeeping. It includes some of their laundry services. Um, It includes transportation in our van and all of our programming, access to our wellness team. 
And, you know, it, it can be as low as you need it to be, but you have to be open to being in a smaller apartment or you can have a big, big one bedroom, you know, Mm. so things to, things to consider, but, you know, assisted living is, is expensive. I mean, it just is the reality. Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. Well, you know, um, I, I live in a single family home and I try to keep it up. Um and it's expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> to run my home. Sure. <laughs> you know, you add, a, add it all up. Uh, the, the taxes, the insurance, the the upkeep, the, the the maintenance. I mean, it's it's a lot of money. Sure. And um, I would imagine that most of your um, your 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 uh, residents are coming from single family homes. Not all, but but I would think most. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's that's what I would assume. And therefore, these these expenses, uh, these monthly or annual expenses of owning a home, just get just get moved to an assisted living residence. Yeah, right. And and the other the the thing to note is that they don't have to worry about you know all the bills anymore. So I had a family in last week that was like, okay, so what about the utilities and the taxes and the this and the that? And I said, you don't pay taxes living here. Um all the utilities are included. You are writing one check a month to Concord Park and it's covering essentially everything that you need. So it also consolidates everything and makes it easier to manage. Right. So is, is is your model um fairly typical in the industry do uh, are are there other models where um there'd be a, a large upfront cost of, of of purchase they purchase an actual unit Yeah so that's a great question so um our model is we we do have you know we do have a one time fee like a lot of assisted livings do um, ours is a health and wellness and service plan development fee, and it goes towards the initial assessment and care plan development, as well as um, chasing down the prospective resident's physician for medical forms. Other assisted livings may call it an entrance fee or a community fee. But otherwise, you know, we are a month to month. They sign a one year residency agreement. Um, it's like, you know, basically a lease an apartment, whereas there are other types of communities where there is a buy-in option. Um, ours is not a buy-in option where there's an asset test um, where they have to have like a minimum number of assets to qualify to even be considered. And yeah, they would need to be coming in independent and they would be purchasing some sort of like cottage usually some sort of small cottage condo like um place and then aging in place those are called ccrc's um continuum continuing care retirement communities if i got that correct um and they're great if that's the model that fits best for you but we've had a couple of situations where we've had individuals couples who have lived 
in a cottage in the CCRC and one of the spouses was requiring memory care, for example, and they were full. And so even though their purpose of getting into this community was to be able to age in place, there was no room. And so the spouse who needed memory care ended up coming to us. So they have their pros and they have their cons, just like we all do. How does um, the insurances uh, that we all have um, get involved in the financial consideration? So there's Medicare, there's Medicaid, there's long-term care insurance. Um, how, how do these how do these work with these kinds of uh, you know assisted living or independent living uh, residences? So as I mentioned earlier, in, in Massachusetts, assisted living for the most part is private pay. So Medicare does not come into play at all when it comes to assisted living. Some assisted livings, um, ours is an example, do have what's called a group adult foster care program, and that is a Medicaid program um there's a, a fine you know financial considerations eligibility clinical eligibility for that program and a limited space for it but it does um the state does pay for that individual to be in assisted living and long-term care insurance if a resident has it um certainly depending on their policy will pay a certain amount per day towards their cost of living here. The families manage that process in that they pay us first up front and then they submit for reimbursement through their loved one's long-term care insurance. But for the most part, like I had mentioned, it is private pay. Yeah, right. But I think just as far as long-term care, um, my understanding is that you're still subject to the definitions uh, of 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 long of the long-term care insurance policy. So that and those are typical. Typically, you're you're if you need assistance with two out of six activities of daily living. So you could be in independent care, you could be in assisted living, and not receive any benefits if you don't qualify for them. Correct. And that's a frustration a lot of the time of the families. They're they're frustrated because, you know, their loved one has this policy um, and they're living in assisted living, but they're not receiving any services. And so, you know, trying to educate them to let them know that until mom or dad is requiring assistance with at least two of those, like you said, ADLs, activities of daily living, that insurance company is not going to open the policy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's all always about expectations. Sure. <laughs> yes, you are correct, <laughs> uh, Natasha. So let's let's talk specifically about Concord Park and and what what makes your residences different. You know, I want I want to hopefully paint a picture for people who you know never been to a, a independent living or assisted living what what they what they could expect what they would see when they walk in uh what what are the what are the um the residents doing what are the services you provide so concord park has been standing um since 2001 so we are well established community 
I always say to families when I'm touring them that I believe Concord Park offers the best of both worlds. Um, And I usually say this when we're stepping out back. And I say this because we are located in the heart of West Concord. And so out front is downtown West Concord, Massachusetts, which are have the cutest little shops and restaurants. And so I call that quote unquote city living. And then when you go out back, it's all conservation land and there's a big patio and there's all kinds of gardens and bird feeders and bunny rabbits <laughs> and it's peaceful and quiet and I call that country living. So I always say, you know, if you're feeling like the hustle and bustle, you go out front and if you're feeling like the calm and the serene, you go out back. So residents, you know, depending on their mood, um, you can tell because they're either in the front or the back of the building. Um, we were, we recently were, were, finishing up now. We're on the home stretch. Um, We've been in a renovation project for the last three years. Um, With our building being over 20 years old, it was time to um, spruce it up. And we did build an addition. We added um, 16 additional apartments. um, And we also added a private studio and two one bedrooms on our memory support. And we have renovated all of our common spaces and have added common spaces. So we now have a fitness room and a movie theater. We've also renovated all of the existing apartments. So everything has been modernized, freshened up. It's going to be so beautiful when it's done. And everybody's been so wonderful through this project. So residents, you know, could be doing a variety of things depending on the day. So you might have residents in, we call it the great room, reading the paper, or they might be doing current events. We have a really nice cafe where we might be doing cooking or baking. We've had wine and cheese tastings. They might be doing an exercise class in the fitness room or watching a movie or listening to a lecture in the theater. Um, having a meal in the big dining room that we have. So um, we're also really special because I, I believe that, you know, I work for senior living residences and, you know, it's a Massachusetts based company and we really, you know, believe in having a close knit family with all of our communities and, you know, exercise what we call the right values with resident quality of life being the most important And, you know, the last being integrity, you know, saying what we say we're going to do. And, you know, I really believe in that. So I think uh, my my understanding that uh, senior living residences is a um, a, a Boston based company, but they run many uh, assisted living and independent living facilities and residences in, in the in the Boston area. And I think that sounds like it's a um, that's that's special because uh, that's that's what they do. That's their specialty. And um, they're really good at it. I think so. But I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, I am, too, because, um, frankly, uh, Concord Park is uh, is owned by a, a an organization called Volunteers of America. I sit on the board of Volunteers of America, so just full disclosure here. <laughs> and and uh, we, uh, Volunteers of America, Massachusetts, owns um, a, a few other 
uh, a, a few other residences like like Concord Park and uh, senior living resident senior living uh, runs those as well and manages those. So I'm also biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really great relationship. I mean, senior living residences is the management company. I work for the management company. They do manage you know, 18 properties in Massachusetts, two in Connecticut, and one in New Hampshire. So it's all New England based. Um, the owners of the building can vary, but like you mentioned, you know, Concord Park and two other assisted livings that are managed by senior living residences are owned by Volunteers of America. And it's a really, really positive working relationship. And um, Charles, the the CEO of the Massachusetts-based Volunteers of America, I mean, he is so actively involved. I mean, he was literally in my office 20 minutes before this um, podcast happened. Ah. He, he's just very, he's very invested in, you know, the people. And I mean, he, he and I have such a great relationship. So it's, it's a really, really nice partnership. And uh, Charles has been on our podcast before. So I know, I know he told me. <laughs> um, so great things happening at Concord Park. Uh, and I just want to briefly uh, ask you about kind of your the, the challenges that you see that, that you faced. Um, uh, we don't need to go into a tremendous amount of detail, but I think it's important to just talk about what those challenges have been and, and what you see going forward. Well, I mean, essentially the last three years have been, you know, a new brave world, you know, going through this pandemic, something that no one's ever seen before. I mean, that has been unreal um, and very eye-opening. We've learned a lot through that. And I think that the the biggest thing that, you know, we learned um, through that is that the model of assisted living really does work. And I say that because through the first through the first phase of the pandemic, we've been through, I don't even know how many at this point, when we first were going through it, 2020, 2021, um, the directive was for residents to be isolated in their apartments. And they were isolated for months. And, you know, when, when they were able to come out again, it, it was unbelievable to see the changes in them. And as I mentioned earlier, assisted living is based off of a social model. And it was very clear to me that when you isolate them, they decline faster. Um, it really, it was like, it was like a study all on its own that really proved that the social model of assisted living works and they need to be around their peers and they need to be social and they need to be engaged. And otherwise, cognitively, physically, um, emotionally, they decline and they decline fast. So, you know, we're getting residents now that were isolated during COVID in their homes by themselves. And so we're seeing, you know, these prospective residents coming to us more compromised and than they could have been, you know, before the pandemic because of this isolation. And so we're seeing them more compromised, more frail, more complicated. Um, so that's been an incredible challenge that, you know, is con it continues to face us today and, you know, restoring, you know, there was a lot of controversy during the pandemic with community living, you know, so there's a fear factor and, and a stigma about community living. And so, you know, working with families to, to show them that community living 
um, is actually safer in some respects because we have so many regulations and protocols and, you know, safety rules that we have to follow and infection control that we have to follow and testing regimens. And you're also, you know, in a social environment, so you're not being isolated. You know, the, the motto that we learned through this is isolate the sick, not the healthy. And so we've really learned a lot through this. So people who are healthy can still go about as normal as normal is these days. Um, and we isolate the sick and, and manage them that way. So the challenges continue. Um, I know a lot of assisted livings, you know, struggle with their occupancy because of the pandemic. And it's, you know, we're still in recovery mode, I think, even three years later. Yeah, but, but you know, th- th- it was a super challenging time. But um, the, 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 the things you did uh, protected your, your residents. And absolutely. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you were, you, that's what you were there for. And, and uh, it, your model worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um on behalf of lots of families, uh, uh, thank you for that. Oh, my um, pleasure. So you know, we uh, this has been a fascinating conversation, Tasha. I, I, I'm so glad that you've been able to uh, talk about what you do and how you do it, and uh, what what the options are for for uh, for, for seniors uh, as they walk through as they walk through life, just like we all do. And um, I, I do think that. Um, one of the advantages that that financial planners can can offer their their clients is that we talk to our clients, or, and I think we should talk to the, the clients about this spectrum, and that we try to prepare them for these decision points and make sure they're prepared not just financially but also emotionally that they have conversations with their kids uh, and their family members over a long period of time about what their wants and needs are. I think it's vital that there's that open communication so that when, so they can make decisions before they have to. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, we do depend on our referral sources um, in the greater community, you know, to partner with us and and be the catalyst to to because you know they come get get them to us sooner, so we can you know get them healthier and younger and have them age in place more successfully. And it does start with those open communications, and it does start with being proactive and looking at all the options. And I appreciate wholeheartedly that you know we are aligned with that thinking. Natasha, if um, if a, a listener, a family member uh, should hears this podcast and is interested in reaching out to Concord Park, um, how, how do they how do they reach you, or or who should they who should they call at Concord Park? They can certainly call us. Um, our main number is nine seven eight three six nine. Four seven two eight, and they can certainly ask for me. I am more than happy to have a conversation with them and kind of assess the situation. Um, they can speak with any of our managers, so there's 
you know, we do have a community relations director. Her name is Mary Ellen, so they can also ask for her, but any of us can help. That's what we're here for. Um, they can also go to our, our website, conqueredpart.org. There's a, there's a whole bunch of really good resources and information on there, and there's um, a chat option, and there's an info email. So if they wanted to send emails or chat, they can do it that way as well. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here to help however I can and happy to help however I can. And sometimes I'm not the right fit, but I feel a a responsibility to at a minimum point families in the right direction and give them options. Great. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for your time today. This was, this was a great conversation and uh, I, I really appreciate your, 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 your time and your input and uh, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Natasha, I want to echo what Peter just said. Thank you so much for your time. The way you described uh, your facility, I wouldn't mind living there. I mean, <laughs> Come not, on in. I'm telling you right, you know, the country in the back, city in the front. That is that is fantastic. I love that. <laughs> well, so, you are welcome. You uh, are welcome. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know if my wife will go with me, but we'll find out. <laughs> all right. Thank you again for your time. Peter, thank you so much for facilitating this, bringing a great guest on. This raises a lot of questions for folks, I'm sure, um, you know, especially with just very straightforward talking about money, talking about the, the expense and the different options. Um, again, I want to I just want to have you give your contact information in case people are saying, you know, this is something that we do need to be planning for. And sure. that's what you do. Uh, the, probably the best way to reach us is through uh, go to our website, raskinplanning.com. And our contact information is there. And we'll be glad to uh, glad to chat and and uh, act as a re- be a resource for any any of our listeners yeah absolutely again peter thank you so much and of course our last thank you goes to the listening audience thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the wealth is in the details podcast with peter raskin if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet please click the subscribe now button below this way when peter comes out with a new podcast it'll show up directly on your listening device and we humbly ask you to share this podcast rate it and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show and man this is a great one to share Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.